The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, Dr. Fleck, I have been affected the last two days by daylight savings time. Oh, yeah. I mean, so all of a sudden I'm walking my dogs, which in a way I prefer. It's lighter out at six o'clock. So I'm walking the dogs when it's light. But here's the thing. So yesterday I walked the dogs and I usually I told you I stop at my friend Chuck and Annie's, you know, halfway through my walk and we hang out with our dogs at their house in their front lawn for a while. But I was getting sitting there. I was getting so tired. And I was like, gosh, I wonder what time it is. It was pitch black. I get home and I check the clock and guess what time it was? 630. That's exactly what time it was. It was 630. And I call Annie because the last thing she said, well, maybe it's like 730 or something. And I got home and I go, Annie, it's only 635. My usual drive to Miami. I leave at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Arrive about eight. Now at 630. It's dark. It's pitch black. Half, half of the drive now is in the dark. Right. Because you go down Alligator Alley. And I, you know, and I think, you know, it's just also kind of not only adjusting our schedules, but adjusting the pet schedules. You know, I still try to get them up at the same. I mean, I get up at four o'clock. So now it's five o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. And we still walk. And but, you know, I mean, Church right now is sleeping. He's a little tired. Yeah, but I'd rather gain an hour than lose an hour like we were in the spring. Sure. But the days are longer. You know, it's like a catcher's catch can. I wish we just had one time. And that Same was it. thing. Get it through. Yeah, get it through. Come on, legislators. Let's kick off the show with the weekly summary so we can get our viewers excited about the show. It's come down to more than one or two individual stealing dogs. I dog napping. Now mm-hmm. it's about organized crime rings, trafficking dogs. Learn more in Global Pet News, which is later on in the show. And Animal Policy Group founder Mark Cushing is back for a lively Lively discussion discussion about new business news in the pet industry. Hey, the best in show cast reunite for a dog show in the upcoming week. And that's going to be in Celebrity Pet Buzz. Calico is a new indie comic book character, quite unlike anything that's come before. Not your conventional superhero, but rather an anti-hero. Very unique. So what's his crusade? Our next guest, the writer of the comic, is going to tell us. Joining us today is H.H. German, the founder of Sigma Comics and the creator of Calico. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. We're happy to have you join us today. Hello, thank you for having me. Very happy to be here with you. So, H.H. German, who is Calico? Where did the name derive from him? Where does he live? And additionally, why are all three of these things so important to his persona? Calico is a New Yorker through and through. He's originally from the Bronx. He's a a former thief who uh, happens to really love animals. He's a New Yorker. He's a borough boy. I love that. Okay. Okay, So talk about Calico's mission. His mission is to fight 
for animal rights. And he basically, he's trying to prevent uh, animal cruelty and, and even worse, anything malignant happening to animals. Awesome. Talk to us a little bit more about that approach to tackling um, the animal abuse. You know, it's a topic previously, I think, unexamined and in any of the comic books anyway. That's exactly right. Our comic book series is called a pioneering series for that reason. Batman, for instance, captures his the villains who do bad things to the citizens of Gotham City and ties them up, leaves them for the police. The Calico does no such thing. He basically finds these people who are doing terrible things to animals, in some cases, incredibly cruel things. And uh, he goes about ending that problem permanently. You know, one of the things I, we didn't know is how did Calico get his name? I think that's kind of an interesting name. I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people think Calico is a species of cats. It's not. It's a color pattern. Mm-hmm. So it's typically black, white, and tan or brownish. Mm-hmm. And those are the colors of the calico. Uh, we gave him that name for several reasons, one of which is he is a multicultured person. He's a person of Latino background, and he has you know Caucasian blood, black blood, Native American blood. So he's really someone who has the flavors of several cultures and ethnicities working with him. It's in keeping with New York, where, you know, we're all about (laughs) diversity here. So Dr. Fleck is laughing because he's a Midwesterner and his I guess after meeting me, his flavor for New York just (laughs) changed. I mean, just the different types of people, the different religions. I'm Jewish to boot, as well as the fact that we New Yorkers, we all talk real fast. (laughs) I'm doing my best to slow it down. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, so, you know, give us an example of a calico case. Like, tell us about one, how he battles animal abuse. Right. Well, he doesn't get this information by himself. He has a network of hackers and elite researchers who do incredible research online. And they find out, they investigate who are the people who are doing terrible things. Case in point, Milo Barnes, uh, someone who was found by Dog Mama, one of the, the researchers, found him basically involved in the baby seal killing trade. So she finds out that Milo Barnes is going to be in New York for his 40th birthday. And uh, that information goes right to the Calico. And by the way, no one knows each other. These are all people who have, you know, avatars online. So that's part of the intrigue is that none of these people know each other, but they know how to solve the problem of, you know, ending the animal cruelty. All of a sudden, the girl with the dragon tattoo just flashed across my mind. Right. You know the movie. I can see you smiling. So you know what that's all about. I'm, I'm thinking about this. Comics of the past. That was my generation. I used to read comics. Then it's then it appears, though, nobody read comics and all the newer generations do the videos. What's so great about what you're doing with the comics is that you're kind of meshing what they would look at in their videos, but put it back in the comic books. And that's kind of cool. But when I read the comic books in the past, they never seemed to send a message. So the comic books of the past, how do they handle unpleasant issues versus how you do it today? Back in the day, there was a comic book authority code, right? So there were certain things you really couldn't do. And, you know, we don't have that anymore. And, you know, just to clarify, you know, our comic book is not for children. 
it is uh, 17 and up because of how vivid we get with this topic. It is a very sensitive topic and the realities of animal cruelty are not, are not pretty. So uh, this is why we do it. Uh, we, we do incorporate technology into the comic books because we do live in a technological age. This is the information age and we most certainly leverage all of the tools and resources for the Calico to go out and get it done. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I mean, obviously you're 20 something years older than I am, but the truth of the matter is I read comics. I mean, you know, I didn't read, I mean, I read some Batman, but really I read the Archie comics and, right. you know, I'm thinking about it. I can't really think of anything other than maybe they didn't do their homework on time. Yeah. But you're recognizing that that was in the newspaper. Did you, did you actually purchase I, comic I books? The, not only did I buy the comic books, I took advantage of the sales offers and sold Christmas cards out of the back of Archie comic books. Oh. I mean, I wasn't a devout Archie fan. Okay. So Archie, Betty, Veronica and Jughead. So Jughead. And I, yeah, I think it's also different because, you know, when I was growing up, we had comics, but we also had other distractions that we didn't have when you were growing up. I mean, we have TV we had pretty much TV until like, you know, one o'clock in the morning and then it went off. But so now there's so much more distractions like technology and meeting friends online and things like that. So that's why I think this is, you know, not only for tackling animal abuse, but it's also a comic that's very reflective of our culture. Um, right. You know, HR, I'm, we need to take a commercial break and I, I hope you can stick around for another uh, segment. Dr. Fleck and I want to learn more about you, your philosophy, philosophy and Calico. OK. Yes, indeed. Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. ThePetBuzz.com. Hey, it's Dr. Michael Fleck back with you here on the Pet Buzz. We're kicking off football. Oh, we're kicking off the fall season. Just because the temps are falling, don't drop the ball on your pet's flea and tick protection. Fleas and ticks have a rugged defense against the elements. So stay online, man. Fall is not the time to fumble your responsibilities. Score a touchdown with your pet and make an extra point to keep your pets healthy and safe from fleas and tick this football. I mean, fall season. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know all our listeners love their pets, but one of our proud supporters loves pets so much, they put it in their name. I'm talking about Loving Pets, online at shoplp.com. They focus on healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets, and they're manufactured right here in the USA. And one of our favorites is their tooth sticks. It's a daily dental treat that helps massage gums, removes tartar, and freshens breath. It's a healthy treat that's not going to break the bank. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know you're looking for healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets. So think loving pets online at shoplp.com. And we've also posted special information about loving pets and how you can save even more money on our website, thepetbuzz.com. So thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got me. I like the outdoors, camping, boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? 
A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. So we're back with H.H. German, the founder of Sigma Comics and the creator of a hero who uh, handles animal abusers and justice in his own way. Is Calico satisfied by capturing animal abusers and turning them over to the coppers? No, that's that doesn't do it. Uh, he's interested in ending the animal abuse permanently. So mm. he, so he eliminates. Right. These people end. They end. They end. That's a, I think that's a nice way to put it. It actually leaves yeah. you. It leaves you wanting more. You want to know what's going to happen. Would you say he's a superhero or an antihero and why? He's definitely an antihero. He's an antihero because uh, he doesn't go about his pursuit of justice in the most honorable and moral way. He has a, a one man war against animal cruelty. And he has this team who's helping him do this. So that's really one of the things that uh, fuels his mission. He says to himself, you know what? There are people who view the world like I, like I view it. I'm not alone in this. So I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to be their voice, their voice of uncontrolled anger at a, at a topic that just does not get enough attention. You know, he was just like all of us sitting in his apartment, watching these reports about animal abuse every other day, and just nothing really happens. He decided to take the law into his own hands. And he's not alone in that view. They finally have, everybody finally has someone who can get it done. You know, when preparing for this interview, I looked up American vigilante justice. So, and we see that in a lot of cases. And sometimes it, I'm thinking of one case specifically about a young black man in the South who was chased by neighbors in a neighborhood. They thought he was uh, stealing. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. We know that it's not vigilante justice is not geared toward necessarily one group of individuals in this country. It's geared toward many groups of individuals in this country, uh, whether it's African-Americans, Hispanics or Caucasians. Do you think he represents an American vigilante? Yes, he absolutely is a vigilante and he encompasses all those races and cultures that you just mentioned, ironically. You know, he's someone who, you know, I've heard it said very often by pet owners. Oh, I don't know what I would do to somebody who, who hurt my dog or, or worse, you know, kill my dog uh, or, or a cat or pet. Uh, I'd kill that person. I'd go to jail. I'd do time. Here's someone finally who who is doing that in comic book pages, and he's doing it in a very uh, action packed, uh, compelling way behind the very powerful storyline and incredible art as well. So I guess two things I want to make a comment later on in the show. And here's the next idea for you. Um, we're talking about dog napping uh, and trafficking rings. And um, I was talking to a neighbor of mine because uh Recently, a uh, dog tra- trafficking ring in Orlando just got exposed. And I started thinking, what am I going to do if someone walks up to me in my neighborhood when I walk my four English toy spaniels? I have a concealed weapon. So does that mean I'm going to have to start walking my dogs with a gun, my concealed with my gun? 
or I do walk with a bat, especially when it's darker hours, but it kind of makes you think like, what do you do if you're confronted with an abuser? What do you do? I mean, you, you know, a lot of times we know these folks. I mean, we had someone in our neighborhood recently who was arrested. He, his uh, father left a house that was in foreclosure. He stayed in the house and left five or six dogs there and very infrequently came by neighbors call the cops. Um, and you know what? I think he got out. I don't think he served very much time. So I think this is definitely a timely topic. A lot of times every day in the news, right? Dr. Fleck, we're reading about animal abusers. We're in the age of vigilante justice. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. And almost every day, if you listen to the news, you can hear some abuse or some uh, justice, what's considered to be or perceived to be some, some justice by an individual or some groups against another group or another individual. So this is so compatible for what the time is. We just need it to calm down a little bit. Yeah. So that would make it a little better. And what you were suggesting about whether, you know, you need to take a, a firearm with you when you when you're out. I've always suggested that you take a weapon not to, to ward off people, but to ward off if you have your small pets that, you know, if a larger dog came loose and wanted to attack, you had something that you could use to protect against uh, attacking your pets and yourself. I think firearms is, is, is pretty extreme, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, right. I is it extreme now? Here's here's what I would say to that. Um, people don't view their pets as pets. That's a family member right there that you're taking a walk with. You know, this is someone who you love, who whose life is everything to, to a lot of people. So the question is, you know, would you protect your your child or your brother or your aunt same way? And, and the answer for many people more and more is absolutely. And this is why this series rings true. Here comes Calico. You know, what's really relevant is with the discussion, as you brought up, how the how pets are are really part of our family now. There are our sons, our daughters, our sisters, our brothers, etc. And so that that emotion is is definitely involved with it. And there's been even legislation that's been attempted to have something that brings them more close to a human. What had one has to understand by our congressman, no less. Well, one of our con yeah, yeah. One of our congressman did. What what needs to be understood is that, and this has already been 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 shown before, abusing of pets can can be a part of or lead to the abusing of of um, humans, uh, particularly children. And part of the legislation that's been looked at in in reference to way that you've you've moved towards it, they've they've stopped legislation because if you find an abuse with a pet that's part of the family, then they have to evaluate if there's an abuse towards the children. I know Arizona some time back tried to consider passing legislation in the way that we're kind of talking about it today. And they had to stop because that would have really created some, but maybe it does need to create some, some uh, fervor for how we should attempt to approach this. I think it's great that you bring all this up because it's something that we all need to think about. This is a fantastic creation. I have one last question. I want to know who did the excellent illustration. Right. We have several artists. So the cover artist is Garnabiel. 
very talented Garnabio. And the interior art is done by Javier Orabich, the colors by Danielle Grimaldi. And you're looking at the writer and the creator. Fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited that we, we had HH here today. Thanks so much for being here. It's, it's really a pleasure having you. Before you go, give us your website so listeners can, can learn more. Absolutely. And, and thank you so much for uh, having me on here. Uh, SigmaComics.com. That's S-I-G-M-A Comics.com. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much. Really, really great show. And, and have to say, really impressed with these, this line of questions. So, so substantive show. Good stuff. Okay. You are the best. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Really appreciate the following team. Thank you. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz. Enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Let's move on to your segment. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Practice. Practice, practice, practice. practice. So what kind of things have you been seeing at this time of the year? Anything specific? Well, I, I think it's even better to talk about veterinary practice today. Yeah. And how difficult it is right now. And we're experiencing the same thing as every other small business, even large businesses. Mm-hmm. It today in America. What, what does that mean? Well, that means our operations are definitely challenged. We're challenged because of two things primarily. Number one is because of staffing, because it's very difficult to maintain your staff, maintain them in healthy conditions, because the stress is really, really profound for our staff members. Right. Secondly, as we need additional staff members, the availability of staff just doesn't seem to be there. A few years back, I could I could put an ad out and and within 12 hours, I'd have 60 applicants. Now we put our ads out in all the different media that is available for doing that. And we still don't even get one applicant in maybe a week. I even put an ad for you and I haven't gotten any applicants and it's been two weeks. And also you told me not only is the staff, but the supply chain is also. Well, that was the second part of what I was going to mention. Supply chain has really limited our products. For example, something real simple like penicillin. Penicillin, we can't get from our suppliers until next year. Wow. Until next year. Penicillin, 
a very common drug. So trying to make sure that we have enough of, of the product available so that we can care for our patients and still be able to have some sort of a plan on when we need to order some more, which is probably good. We can't hoard because the pharmaceutical companies and the distributors know that the, the problem that exists. So they limit us as to what the numbers of products that we can actually purchase on, and also, on a monthly you basis. You also have to be worried because you have dates on medication that you have, you can't keep longer because it's expired. Well, yeah, but most of the time what we, what we actually purchase, we go through that quickly. Sure. So that we can. Well, I hope. And, and, and I feel badly too for servicing our patients and our clients because most practices have a backlog of maybe a week to two weeks mm -hmm. before they can see routine cases. What's really the problem is when we have such a large load with a limited staff members and with the anxiety that exists with, with the, the pet parents that come in and what's really needed for the, for the individual care of those patients right now, you, you know, it, it's tough because if you have a, a medical issue, we try to allot a certain part of the day where if we have an immediate medical issue that we can try to get that patient in that day, certainly by the morning of the next day. But it's really hard. Really and hard also, right the now. other thing I know that affects you is supplies, just being able to go and get supplies. And so, as you know, I've hoarded a bunch of supplies. So I have bleach for you and paper towels. You know, when you need and you run out, you'll call me because I stored a lot of that stuff that I've gotten for you at my house. Yeah, our new outlet is Charlotte's Home. <laughs> the new supply warehouse is Charlotte's Home. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know what? I think everybody, every business is struggling right now. So I think it's it's really great that you're able to share that because I mean, I don't want to sound trite and everything, but we're not alone. And it's especially hard now with the holidays and the pressure everywhere you go, they're telling you, buy this, buy this, stock up, do this. And you know, a lot of people don't have money and it's very, very difficult. And I think, you know, we as Americans have always had everything at our fingertips. And we're so used to that. And it's so challenging today for, you know, and and especially for small businesses like yourself, because small businesses are the backbone of our country. And we need to do everything that we can to preserve them and to make them successful. Well, let's even let's even take our, our industry, the medical care for pets. COVID really has changed things strongly uh -huh. because it's actually driven the pet parent and the pet relationship even more stronger. And because of that, I think that there's more anxiety that when the pet has some medical issue or something that they think is a medical issue that seems to surface and, and trying to get some attention for that. And, and maybe if people don't think that they're getting the, the response that they'd like from the veterinary office, they just need to have a little patience and maybe explain it a little better to the staffing that is making the appointment. And, and remember that everybody's in the same boat. Sure. So, and I think that's I think that's the gist of it. We're all in the same boat. What's up, Doc? You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. 
It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. You know, I'm definitely part of the cult of the celebrity, which is wanting to know what celebrities and their pets are up to. So let's talk about Alec Baldwin. You know, he's been in the news lately. You're cringing, Dr. Fleck, as I say that. Poor guy. Um, in conjunction with all of the gun shooting from the set, Alec and his wife, Hilaria, she alerted her followers that are close to one million that their Bengal cat, Emilio, has gone missing. She wrote, we can't find our cat Emilio. If anyone sees him, please help him get home. We're all upset because he's gone. The kids, they have so many kids, six kids, in addition to his daughter, Ireland. We need to get him home. Okay, well, she didn't mention when or how the cat went missing. And the sad news is Emilio's disappearance really comes days after Hilaria shared that parenting has been really challenging since her husband, Alec Baldwin's accidental shooting on the set of Rust. That's the film that he's working on that killed the cinematographer and the and injured the director. But soon after she put out that post discussing the cat gone missing, he was found with the help of friends and loved ones. But he suffered from a broken leg. She added that she wouldn't be mentioning or giving credit to the people who helped because anyone who they're connected to right now is being called by the paparazzi constantly, really just harassing people just so they can make money. And she continued to caption her plea to photographers and reporters that you're really creating dangerous situations, not only for her and her husband, but also for her family. And she's like, as I'm writing this, someone's in the tree taking, uh, looking into our house with their camera. So I wouldn't be surprised with all of the disruption, all the people outside, Emilio, because cats are sensitive, so are dogs. Emilio got scared. Someone opened the door. He got out. And maybe he got injured out in the yard or somewhere. But thank goodness they found him. Unfortunately, it just goes with the territory. Doesn't it really it? does. But it, it, the bigger picture is that pets can get scared and run away. So it's important that if you're having large crowds of people or a party, that you keep them safe by confining them and make sure they're tagged and they're microchipped. Yep. That's the bigger picture. So you have to have both. And you have to have your updated cell phone number as well. If you have a microchip directory, you got to put your updated phone number in that microchip directory. More pets go missing because they do not have specific contact information to trace you from the microchip company. Okay. And make sure all that information is with their regular veterinarian. Okay, so this is on a fun note. The cast of the 2000 mockumentary Best in Show has reunited after more than 20 years to announce the Best in Show dog show which is set to air later this month the best in show dog show will center on a live competition centered around celebrating the unique and individual and special qualities of the dog so it was promoted in a video post by jane lynch really to discuss i don't know if you remember this but in the movie best in show she was a lesbian owner of purebred dogs they were poodles and she founded a magazine called American Bitch. It was a fictional magazine for lesbian dog owners. Well, Lynch explains to her cast members, they're in character now, that she needs a winner. She needs a great idea to get the membership of the magazine up because it's going down. So they're throwing some ideas, you know, like doggy perms and exposés. But Don Lynch, you remember he was very deadpan. He plays the chairman hmm. of the uh, Mayflower Dog Club. And he says, why don't we have another show? 
something we can celebrate the unique characteristics that we've come to love in our very furry best friends. So the best in dog show is going to be presented by Ollie Dog Food. And the show will be live on Thursday, November 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Seems that our next guest is on the phone. You know, sometimes it can get hot around here, or should I say heated, when we introduce our next guest and talk about pet industry news. But that's exactly the kind of discussion that Dr. Fleck and I sometimes have. Right, Doc? We sure do. We love to have them with other people because generally those types of discussions are between ourselves. And I know I can tell you, sometimes they get really heated, too. The Pet Buzz Dream Team member, Mark Cushing, the CEO and founder of the Animal Policy Group, LLC, is back to discuss new pet industry developments. Mark, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Great to see you. I can look at you and tell you you weren't ready for this interview. You look great, though. You look like a working man. Hey, I just, I just finished. Every morning I do 500 push-ups. Oh you know, I, God. I, I do it to A, defy age, which explains most behavior, and B, to have a victory under my belt early in the day. So <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to do anything harder except take Charlotte's question. So now. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I always think about it. I recently had this, uh, this seminar with some of my gardener friends, and it started out with a little game. And it said, well, what do you do every morning? And uh, Alyssa, who's in charge of the Master Gardener program, said, oh, the first thing I do is drink a glass of water. Well, honestly, Alyssa, that does not compare to Mark's 500 push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh... So let's start with my latest addiction, Mark. So I don't tell a lot of people this, but I'm addicted to spider solitaire. I play all the time when I need a break, when I'm sitting there watching a TV show, except for when I'm watching Yellowstone or Succession. But like all online games, there are lots of pop-up commercials. She's probably thinking, what is she going with this question? And most of them are for custom pet food. So let's talk about the growing demand for custom pet food and the growing number of players. I guess I'm really curious. Do you feel an acquisition of one of these companies is going to be gobbled up like a big pet food giant? It's interesting. It, It hasn't happened yet, certainly at the pace you would expect, Charlotte. So let's figure out. Let's figure out why. I'm not surprised that so many pop up because it's as simple as millennials and Gen Zs have eclectic choices and multiple choices for restaurants and the food they eat, right? Uh-huh. And there's so many, whether it's Freshly, whether it's Sun Basket, you know, all the delivery type services too. So pet food purchasing, in my view now, mimics human food purchasing by millennials and Gen Zs. And that makes it all make sense to me that there'd be a lot of brands and niche brands with good returns, but not, you know, the kind of numbers that knock over Wall Street. And I think to some degree, the majors, you know, and full disclosure, Royal Canin's a client of mine, which is a Mars brand and, and the world's largest uh, pet food brand, at least global pet food brand, Perina, and then smaller Blue Buffalo. I could see them looking, and I don't know this, but I could see them looking at the size of the niche brands and say, that's interesting, but not enough to warrant um, taking on a whole new manufacturing process, right? A whole new sourcing process. Um, and this is at a time, for example, when Royal Canins has two, 300 million plus factories, you know, plants under construction in the U.S. to keep up with demand. So 
I, I think keeping up with demand right now for the majors is a challenge. So not taking on a new smaller brand makes sense. What do you think? Well, personally, you know what, what I see, this is where all this information, all these stats become so faulty because, you know, everybody looks at the stats of Gen Z, Gen X, Gen whatever, PD and Q. These are the new millennials. This is where the demand is. And you would think that they would want to address this demand. Most of these companies don't have a lot of money. So I'm thinking, you know, they started out in their kitchen and they've gone to a smaller facility. I think it would be easy to snap one of these up. And then if you have a big brand like some of your clients, I'm not going to mention them because you mentioned them already, but why not? I think it would be an interesting test case that they can buy a company for a few million, probably take over the business and then either make another factory or actually consider it part of their operation. So I don't really think the investment is is that big, but I think with big brand backing, they'll be able to act like, what is it, fresh? They'll be able to put it in supermarkets easily because all their other food's there. So I personally think that big food, like your clients, are missing opportunities. I don't think it's it's financially challenging. I, I think it's operationally challenging when when keeping up with current demand I'll give you a good example. Uh, Royal Canin uh, millennials have done uh, have have enjoyed it. Why? Because they have breed breed specific, specific both for right. dogs and cats. So, you know, a lot of people don't know that for cats as well. We're up against a break, so can you hang on with us and and come back and we'll pick up the conversation in our next segment. Okay. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know all our listeners love their pets, but one of our proud supporters loves pets so much, they put it in their name. I'm talking about Loving Pets, online at shoplp.com. They focus on healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets, and they're manufactured right here in the USA. And one of our favorites is their tooth sticks. It's a daily dental treat that helps massage gums, removes tartar, and freshens breath. It's a healthy treat that's not going to break the bank. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know you're looking for healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets. So think Loving Pets online at shoplp.com. And we've also posted special information about Loving Pets and how you can save even more money on our website, thepetbuzz.com. So thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Well, we're back right now. Doc Fleck and I are back with author of the new book, Pet Nation, Mark Cushing. He's been a guest on the show before. We always love having him here. I want to know what things cost. And you know, Mark, and you know, Doc, and you know this from our show, Doc, people, vets from all these giant pharmaceutical companies and other, they're reluctant to talk about costs when it becomes part of the conversation to talk about dollars and cents. But Charlotte, there's more of that going on now than you think. I'll just tell you that I, I've paid particular attention the last year to it. There's much more marketing that is making that case you just made. This is what this could cost you out of pocket versus mm-hmm. $30 a month. And you do see like Zoetis, you know, the largest you know, animal pharmaceutical in the world, they launched pumpkin uh, pet insurance in the U.S. and they're doing well by it. And, and, and that's, it's, it's more sophisticated marketing than you thought. Doctor knows this. The mistake pet insurance companies made early on, they expected veterinarians to sell their product. 
They went to vets and said, hey, here, convince your clients is good for them. You know what vets aren't taught in vet school? They're not taught how to be salesmen. They don't go to vet school to be salesmen. They don't like doing that. And so I think it's taken 10 to 20 years for insurance companies to shift to a much more consumer-friendly style of marketing no, that we're I, used to. I, I agree with you, but we've had some people on Zoetis in this, on this show, when I ask them questions about what things cost, they don't want to talk about it. And I say, you have to talk about it. That's what personally I think. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I think it's going to take more like five to seven years for it to be. And also, you know, look at the economy now. Did you, I don't know if either one of you saw that one poll that came out with Metropolitan Pet Insurance, how the cost of a pet is going up. They were actually talking about real numbers. It came out yesterday. It was like $4,500 now was what it cost to an average to have a pet. A year. A year. Not the old stats from, you know, ASPCA and that or cost like 1200 to have a pet. Did you yeah. see that, Mark? Yeah, and I, I, that's not surprising. And it's, it's not as much a barrier to pet ownership as you might think. I mean, honestly, people, the value of pets and, and the expectation of having a pet, people are finding a way to make that make that happen. However, you can still have a pet, go to a grocery store, get a grocery store dog or cat food brand. You can pay out, you, you can get by with a lot less spend than you might think to the issue of have we priced pets out of the, the low income market. We've made it harder to have certain things, but, but the basic care, the basic food needs can, can be met. It's, we're not at the luxury good stage that you, the three of us have talked about before, which I still fear could come you know, if, if, if certain factors don't change. Great question. So, boy, wow, I'm, I'm glad I, I got up late. And, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is tough. You know, a Jeopardy would be a lot easier. And what's, what's the capital of Djibouti, which the answer is Djibouti. And that's, remember that one. That's an important one. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we even know on the lower socioeconomic end that you can go and pick up food at pet food at food banks, which is great. Um, but vet care still costs. I mean, and more pets, everything's going up and still including um, price of veterinary services. So I think it's, you know, it's an open-end question. I think it's for further discussion as things come up. Right, Mark? Right, Doc? Oh, no question. We're going to be talking about all these market factors over three, four, five years. And, and, and it's going to be amusing how right we were and how smart we were in predicting it, but how challenging it is to uh, convince people we're right. Doc, I'm wondering if three to five years from now, Mark is still going to be able to do 500 push-ups a day. Sure he will. Okay. I want to hear oh, that. Okay. Hey, hey, I, I'm no spring chicken. Let me tell you, it's, it's all up here. Okay. It's, it's all up here. We've got basically two more minutes because we've eaten up a lot of but time. I have to mention, make, make one more comment. Make one more comment because I got to go to the Real quickly, thing. talking about money and how uh, institutions don't really want to talk about costs and what it might cost uh, the, the uh, consumer. Um, I was watching the interview the other day with the new Pfizer drug that... Um, is is going to be effective against what 90 95% of covid cases right. and it should be another breakthrough and then we discover there's other ones so the last question that was asked by the interviewer was what's this going to cost and all of a sudden the ceo went oh he just he just <laughs> just kind of just tightened right up and he said well it'll be less than what the uh, rendevere rend, rend, 
Ben Devere. Yeah, yeah, the treatment that, that, that Donald Trump and, and other people have had. And Chris Christie. He says it'll be about half of that cost. Last thing. Uh, quick question. Good thing or bad thing? Chewy's now has a vet platform. Vets can get drugs, have their own side business or side platform with Chewy's. Good thing or bad thing, Mark? It's less remarkable than you think. I think it's a good thing for this reason. Um, it's it's a vehicle that's used already by vets through other major companies in the space where the vet basically they're the wholesaler. They consign it to them and they keep the product. The vet has a prescription the vet gets to set the price. Um, it's actually been tried and tested. So it, it's, I think, surprised people maybe that Chewy did it but, it, but it's a technique or an offering that's common now, not uncommon. What do you think, Doc? Totally. He's right. I'm plenty of other service providers for that. See, what I think is it's a good thing because I think because Chewy's has so much buying power with pet owners, vets will sign up. And then when they offer the met, the goods, they'll be cheaper for vets since they have so much buying power. And the whole mission of Chewy's was lower cost everything. Right. So now I think the meds will probably be offered at a lower cost than the vets. So I think in the next 10 years, we're going to see less and less vets selling medicine unless it can be at a lower cost. And because Chewy's will have more buying power, you will be able to get penicillin and other drugs when other distributors can't. Yeah, you have to understand the attitude of the pet owner, the pet, the, the pet parent. When they come in, some of them feel offended if you don't have it available for them to take home right now. Right. If they have to go to Walmart or go uh, online or so, they, they, that's a cost factor maybe, but also something that delays them starting the treatment protocol. So you got a lot of different factors involved. Yeah, but I think if it's if it's and also here's the other thing. Chewy's don't have to doesn't have to mark it up as much because they just have to. It'll be set in one location. It'll get delivered to one location. It's not like the, you know, salesmen and all this other stuff that'll cut costs. I think the co the price of pet beds at Chewy's will go down. So I think it'll be a good thing. OK, Mark. Great to see you. Always great <laughs> to see you. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us today. We always have fun, fast paced discussions. When you're here, um, but before you leave, can you give us your website? MarkLCushing.com. And my group is AnimalPolicyGroup.com, a mouthful. Great talking to you. Best show in the business. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. I want to talk about dog trafficking. There have been burglaries at various Tampa Bay pet stores, which led detectives to find out about a dog trafficking ring in the central part of the, our state, which is Florida. After about six months of investigation, deputies have arrested three people in this dog trafficking operation. So this is how it got started. It started with one pet owner who was robbed at gunpoint in Orlando. So last March, Orange County, Florida detectives, that's where we have Global Pet Expo, said a local pet owner was robbed at gunpoint when he was out walking his dog. Now, just imagine yourself walking your dog and someone wants to steal your dog at gunpoint. This suspect stole his French bulldog. It took him six months to get this dog back. And during the six months, the detectives who were working, the sheriffs who were working on the case 
were getting leads after leads after leads, which led them to believe that this is an established ring. And they recently arrested two men for robbing all these pet stores. So let me tell you what they were doing. They were stealing the dogs for cash as well as using them for breeding. It turns out the detectives arrested one of the men on unrelated charges. But the guy, when he arrested him, was in possession of an English bulldog. And this dog had fresh wounds on his back. Okay, it turned out. Guess what the wounds were from? What? A botched removal of a microchip. Not only were they removing chips, taking them out so the dogs couldn't be traced. They were adding new chips and they were performing veterinary tasks like cropping ears, artificial insemination and putting dogs under anesthesia. And we know that's a crime performing veterinary actions without being a veterinarian other Mm -hmm. than, you know, in addition to stealing the dogs. The dogs were also deprived of food and water. And I hate to say, you know, it wasn't one random incident with Lady Gaga and her French bulldog. People have been stealing dogs for a long time. 10 and 15 years ago was dog fighting. People were stealing dogs to use as bait dogs. Now it's become a whole operation. They're stealing the doodles. They're stealing the French bulldogs. They're stealing really popular dogs. But I think for me, when I'm out there walking four dogs in morning, noon at night, I'm thinking, what kind of defensive system am I going to have? I have my bat. Do I need to bring my concealed weapon when I'm out there with my dogs? What am I going to do if someone approaches me to steal my dogs? I can tell you right now, I'm not going to give them up. And I think everybody who walks their dog, especially early in the morning and late at night, I know they were because, you know, we had that guest on about seven months ago who got attacked by his neighbor's dog. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. It's like, what if someone approaches you? And I think we're going to need to have someone come in, talk about what you do, some type of defensive measure. And what's legally available. And to what's, do that. And exactly. And what's legal. Av- and, th- and a lot of that also can depend, I think, on the state. You know, do I carry my fishing knife in addition to my bat? My con- and, because I have my concealed weapons license. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I think we really do need to bring in somebody ASAP. Right. I mean, I was thinking about this morning. Do I have to go online and buy a taser? And at the same time, what happens to you if uh, legally if you taste somebody? If I taste this individual. We need to know. People need to know what their pets need to know what they legally can, can do. do and what they and what they legally can't do. So I think this is a great piece because I think Americans across the country, when they hear more and more of these stories, yes. they're going to get worried. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they broke into the pet stores, that was one thing. And they did it in Pinellas and Manatee County. They robbed the pet land here, took thirty five thousand dollars worth of dogs. They grabbed the puppies and shoved them in knapsacks and ran away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, six months, this guy, what can imagine now? I mean, think about what happened to that dog in a six month period of time. And now he's back home. He's probably scared to death and has PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And the owner was was devastated, was devastated. But, you know, after this type of segment, I got to tell you, I really need to talk about something good. Good. And that's News of the day got you down. No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Well, I got something good for you. Some good news. So. Dogs in the Fargo-Moorhead area have been treated by North Dakota State University to a project. It's called Playtime Pet Events. It seems one semester 
for the students was to come up with a business idea with some sort of prototype or service that shows what a business entails. So students got together, they created four interactive stations for dogs to have fun, to get rewarded and to get worn out to play and have a good time. So the stations involve bubble catching, tennis ball bopping, treat, finding puzzles. And dogs that were able to do all of the activities, their owners put their name in a little bag for a drawing and a chance to win a treat launcher. Well, while the event was for furry friends that came to the park, it also benefited dogs in need. Pet owner donations went to go to the local animal shelter in the Fargo-Moorhead area where our show plays. What I love about this, the group is planning to do more events to raise money for Homeward Animal Shelter and to fulfill their classwork. Now, that's something good, wouldn't you say, Dr. Fleck? Good stuff. Yeah. Not only a great exercise to promote your academic education, but to learn about real life business in a fun way and help people in, in need. Yep. You know, after a show like this, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Pet Buzz. And really. Boy, what are you saying there now? Because we got to, it's time to it's go. Time we got to go? We give them a preview for next week's show. Oh my gosh. So, next week, we're talking about Thanksgiving holiday pet hazards and the National Dog Show presented by Prina, Dave Fry, Wayne Ferguson, and maybe a cameo appearance by John O'Hurley. That'd be good. So, Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests who joined yeah, us? Yeah, special today? thanks to our guests, H.H. German and Mark Cushing. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.